What's up, Predators? Thanks for tuning in to the audio portion of the Smasher Pass broadcast with Travis and Dean. If you want to catch the video portion of it whenever we go live, check it out on YouTube at Apex Predator Outdoors and at Lung Crusher 53. Whenever we go live there, you can comment and be part of the show live. Comment and talk to our guests and uh, be a part of the show. So if you want to check it out, again, go check it out at Apex Predator Outdoors or Lung Crusher 53 at YouTube and be part of the show and also guys go ahead and subscribe and like and hit that little notification bell so you can be reminded whenever we post new episodes of the show and also subscribe to the feed here wherever you're listening to it so you can make sure that you never miss a new episode thanks predators and as always keep defying the odds what is going on predators is travis here and dean from apex predator outdoors today we are going to do uh, just a little chat about some of our uh gear and uh specifically today we're looking at some broadheads that we're going to be using in the 2022 season seasons uh i should say uh we got turkey coming up here spring turkey uh we've got uh, you know deer in the fall we've got a lot of different choices of uh broadheads uh that we can use and uh some that we've used in the past and we just kind of want to share that information what we've used what you know things like that uh, so I'm I'm mobile. I'm on the run right now I'm in a hotel room. So if we have some connection issues, apologize in advance. But uh, uh, we're still going to be recording this, and uh, we'll upload it. We'll see it as uh, soon as it's done on YouTube. So uh, with that being said, I want to introduce yourself. Say what's up, man. What's up, predators? I uh, hope you all had a good week. I'm excited about uh, getting after it, getting after it this week, and and diving into some some archery stuff and and uh hope everybody enjoyed the last two episodes you know we got some good feedback and uh, still looking for still looking for a name for the podcast and throwing a bunch of stuff out there to travis and getting into the weeds with different different things we thought about broadheads and blood trails and freezer fillers and whatever so chime in and and help us out a little bit (laughs) hell yeah sounds uh, good so uh, as we're getting into it, like I say, we'll kind of go over the, I don't know how we're going to run this, just to start with the history of what we've done for broadheads or something like that. Uh, but I wanted to uh, thank the guys at Tooth of the Arrow. They actually sent me an email. I wanted to get together and uh, they wanted me to uh, review some of their broadheads. And they said, uh, hey, get out of see which ones you like and uh, bring them up here. So it's kind of unofficially, unofficially sponsored by Tooth of the arrow. So I ended up choosing the S series. These are the XL size, so it's a total of uh, four inches of cut. So that means either way, either uh, size, length of the blade there, it's going to be a one inch cut. So uh, solid broadheads. That's where the S series comes in. These things are uh, pretty mean looking, but uh, hopefully they fly straight. We'll be testing them out soon enough on the channel here. So stay tuned for that, guys. And uh, yeah, so did you get your uh, broadheads in from them, Dean? I did. I did. I got the same. I did the S series, uh, the three and one sixteenths. And, you know, it was interesting. Um, actually, one of one of the cool things I'll kind of show everybody that that it comes with is that actually they send you um, your inserter. So your broadhead fits right inside of there, which I thought was was kind of cool when you screw it in your arrow. So, uh, yeah, nice little chotsky yeah. from him. I thought that was nice. Um and I'm looking forward to to sending a few downrange myself. They uh, they're they're pretty unique. Um, you know, 
I like the fact a that they're 100 American made. Always, always got a shout out for that. And it's all one piece. Uh, I think that that's pretty cool. Um, you know, machined out of one, like I said, one one piece of steel. Um, and that 45 degree. And the other thing that I picked up from them, um, obviously haven't had a chance to use it yet, is their their sharpener. I don't know that I'd be able to take it in the field because it's, you know, I don't know, six inches long or whatever. But um, supposedly that thing is money. And so that's going to be kind of neat to to test out. And then the last thing I would say about them, I was kind of looking at their their site and it says that it's it's pretty ideal for 50 yards and in, um, which one, I appreciate the fact that they put that on there, right? So I'm not going to launch something at 70. I mean, I don't know how many people are going to launch it at 70, but just knowing yeah, exactly. that, 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 um, that they kind of throw that out there, like keep, keep your shots 50 and in, it's going to be perfect, perfect for deer and pigs and whatever else from a, from a, you know, from a stand or a blind. Hey, it looks like, uh, Travis's, uh, internet's flopping in and out. Are you, are you back on there, buddy? No. So, um, the other one I wanted to kind of show you that is also unique is the, it's the HME, um, uh, small game. Uh, if y'all can see that dude. Uh, and what it does is it's got these little talons on them and with a blunt front. So it essentially is a, um, blunt for, uh, head. I take one of these when I go, um, out to uh you know on an elk hunt um or any you know sheep hunt or something like that more for you know uh just as a backup um you know if run out of food you need to bag a squirrel or a rabbit or something you know you got this kind of in your quiver uh and that it's just a security blanket for me to have it um some other guys they use it to practice they call it stump shooting not sure the idea about that you know but um i'd hate to ruin them yeah so i'm not sure why they would shoot trees with them outside of just practicing i don't know if travis has done that he's done some weird shit so maybe he's out shooting tree stuff <laughs> with this with his broadheads too i have no idea but that was another one i, I just just kind of one of those things like i said you know you may want to just pick them up they're they're cheap they're like 10 bucks for three of them you know throw them throw them in your pack you know worst case scenario you run out of food get trapped up and you got to you know, bag something small, you got one there and, and, uh, you can get you a rabbit for some food or a squirrel or something uh, while you're out. Uh, I've got some of those too. I've got the, uh, I can't remember who makes these, but basically yeah, a little small game head here. Basically yeah. it's just got a kind of a hammer head there. It's almost kind of like causes a concussion death, kind of like a bullet, you know, so it causes a uh, bleeding and stuff like that internally that makes them die really quick. And then it's got those little, uh, fingers on it there i guess you call those wire fingers that keep it from like burying itself in the ground so yeah i've got a few of those that i carry with me in the toolbox as well pretty much all the time yeah yeah and I, and i don't know you know one of the other things i i've not gone down the rabbit hole with um that i can appreciate guys that that do do you really pay attention to you know what your broadhead steel is made of is that is that important to you or, or, or 
are you kind of six one half and dozen of the yeah, other so guy? that's like something I think is I think it's pretty important to know what your broadheads are made out of, or at least, you know, I think you need to check out the Rockwell hardness of it to see, you know, how dense it is, because that's really going to be a pretty decent indicator of um, what it can put up with, you know, uh, at least on a solid broadhead. It's something that you want to make sure that you know, or at least, you know, that can at least, like I say, the hardness of it by, you know, uh, judging that Rockwell hardness factor. But uh uh, I don't know all of my broadheads and what they're made out of, but I know ones that I usually stay away from are ones that are like made out of aluminum, uh, aluminum ferrules and stuff like that. I just kind of stay way away from those. Like for, for me, like personally, I don't think anything in the broadhead should be made out of aluminum because it instantly, instantly it makes it, it, you know, a weaker point. And there's some really hard aluminums out there. Don't get me wrong, but I personally lean on the side of something that I can shoot over and over like these. These are the crafted archery arrow one. Uh, I've got a lot of these. I've also shot the uh, grizzly stick. I think these are the red line or silver. I can't remember what it is. Uh, broadheads, but these are, um, these are ones that like, actually I think the ferrule is made out of some kind of hard aluminum, but this is a one and done kind of thing. Anything that's made with an aluminum. It's like, mm -hmm. I'm going to shoot it. And I'm just going to let it go. Like, I'm never going to sharpen it or try to use it again. Like, I just kind of consider it, other than a target, I just a one-time use kind of thing. And, and and I think that's kind of what we were talking about the other day with with those muzzies. You know, I think, you know, two episodes ago, whatever, we, uh, you know, this is, a, you know, a brand new one that has not been shot. Um, and I'll grab the other one. But it, literally, these all broke off after it went through um, – that pig and so i just had one wing left and yeah. that was it so to your point you know <laughs> there you, you do get what you pay for i i understand that but as i think you know once i'm doing a, a again a, a big game hunt or something that matters not a pig whatever um but something that matters like an elk your 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 big stags or i'm using I'm using that high dollar arrow. It is what it is. It, yeah, exactly. It is what it is. Like, I'm not going to take a chance of it, not penetrating or, uh, you know, taking it ethically. So that's kind of where I sit. And I'm also not a big fan of mechanicals and not that I've, I've not had any personally fail. I, I think it's just in my head that, that what if factor, and I just don't, I just don't want to go down that road, but I understand the concept of, you know, the floor, white and whatever but that's just not my yeah. I, i'm not buying it you know buying into that and uh i think uh for i mean i get it some guys want to buy mechanicals and i've got a couple of them here i've got the uh some that i've shot over the years actually i take that back some of these i've never shot because i shot them once and i'm like eh, i'm not going back to that but uh so one i got the rage here right and the reason a lot of guys go with mechanicals is because that is a mean ass looking cut right there you know that is going to do some bloodletting and everything here but um i think whenever you're looking at something like this as thin as these blades are you know they're like razor thin um the one thing that you have to look at is the durability is going to go way down so you have to worry about hitting bone and things like that you have to worry about you know what's going to happen to that blade if i hit ribs if this fully deploys and i hit ribs on the way in especially with a higher a pound of bow where you're shooting like you know, uh, 75, 80, 85 pounds, 
when that hits that animal, it hits that rib. Is it just going to shear off those blades? Is it going to be enough yeah. force to shear those off? And that's right. something you have to think about. If I hit a shoulder, I mean, is it just going to, and then, you know, once that blade is gone, what's happening to your arrow flight, you know? Yeah. So that's, yeah. that's one thing I, I really worry about <laughs> with mechanicals. And there's some that are built better than others. Like this is uh, some of the first broadheads I use. It's the nap double cross. And these are even meaner looking than the rage. Cause they've got, uh, got a pretty nice chisel tip or on there but then they've got uh like i say the blades they don't have any fancy mechanics they just literally just the pressure keeps them open blades are about three times as thick as the rage and it's got bleeder blades the or bleeder blades on it but even then like i i would still honestly feel comfortable probably shooting these today but uh on like a white tail or like you're saying like on a hog or something like that but it's a definitely it's going to be a one and done kind of thing. If I yeah. shoot this at an animal, in fact, I think I actually did with this one. But uh, if I shoot that at an animal and if I miss or I hit, doesn't matter. I'm not going to ever shoot that broadhead again. Yeah. Well, it's so funny, too, when he's kind of talking about the one and done or even going with the higher end, like the iron wheels um, uh, or uh, I, I guess day six right, could kind of maybe fall in that that category, but definitely grizzly. Uh, is in that category where you drop that kind of money and you know we went on that ram hunt with our buddy that that uh, took that corsican and it was a great shot um, but one thing that just kind of made him sick is we couldn't couldn't find his arrow and so he's like man that's a that's a, a high dollar you know high dollar arrow that that's been lost and so you know you're literally launching money down range so uh, kind of keep that in mind when you know you're choosing what you want to use for what you're going after and and does that outweigh possibly not recovering the arrow and and your broadhead so uh yeah along that line uh, it's one of those balancing yeah it is a balancing act the uh so for like thinking about like tack and stuff it's like we usually buy like two sets of arrows we'll have like our hunting arrows or we'll have uh, unless you're stupid like me and you'll use your hunting arrows for tag because that's, <laughs> that's what you've got. But, but uh, you know, it's the same thing with, uh, you know, like going out, depending on what you're hunting, you know, like I would almost feel better sometimes having a really cheap hunting arrow that I know I could launch, you know, at like some whitetail somewhere. I'm like, you know, where I'm at shooting an 85 pound bow, I really do it not necessarily for, uh to get more and more and more penetration as far as like i'm rather i'm just at the point of about 70 75 pounds on a on a white tail like penetration you know you're just going to blow through it with just about anything you know mm -hmm. but whenever it comes to shooting like a hog or shooting like an elk something that's a lot more dense and you need more momentum and to get through there you know that's where i'm going to go and use my you know specialty hunting arrows that i've gone through all that process and know that they're super 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 straight and so if i can shoot it out to 75 yards and be confident in that shot i'd rather do that but for a white tail you know like i said using the i mean honestly you get to the point where you could almost use just like like call the walmart special like some of those uh I yeah who makes those like blackout arrows they sell at walmart i mean honestly that will do for most of white most white tail hunting you know well especially here in texas too i mean the, the deer aren't big you know um so you know, if you're again in that 18, 20 yard range, unless, I mean, unless you just botched a shot, literally botched a shot, I think, I think you're right. I think you're going to, you're going to be fine, you know? Um, but I, 
obviously it's shot placement too, right? I, I don't know. You may, do you think even, even the ones at Walmart, if you hit a shoulder, it's, it's going to penetrate in this damn dog, man, we're watching my daughter's dog. It's like, <laughs> she's, she's a weirdo, man. I don't, I don't get her. <laughs> you it's it's that uh, new dog. You give him the new dog. It, it's yeah. Apparently, it's a new new dog smell, man. Like she just wants to be in part of everything. Um, but anyway, that being said, I mean, would you you would use you know just a generic broadhead if you're going to be just small whitetail hunting? Um, you know, like I said, it, you know Texas deer aren't that big unless you're going to a game ranch where they're you know they've bred them and and uh, have got fantastic genetics. Um, I probably wouldn't, uh, again, I'm going to, I'm always going to fall back on something I, that I know is tried and true and I've used and, and I've got faith in it. And I, I think that's just, that's just me personally, me. I just want to know that it's, it's going to penetrate and I don't have to worry about it once I, once I let that shot go. Yeah. So uh, we got a comment that says, that's uh, so actually for my wife, she's watching. She said, uh, she commented, she said, freezer, freezer fillers. She likes that nice. one. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a great name, man. Like, you know, it just, it just sounds good. good. It rolls off the tongue and it's legit, you know, <laughs> kind of covers all of our bases, man. Freezer filler podcast. <laughs> I like it. Filler freezer podcast, man. F and F. Uh, um, so back on the. So some of the other things I've used, uh, like I said, I have a whole little uh, tub here full of like broadheads and field tips and everything. And, um, uh, some I've had uh, the good old. I think this is what you had, or when you shot that pig was the uh, Muzzy yep. MX3 or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You said you had the four blade, though, right? I had the four blade. Yeah, and it worked. Okay. I mean, you, you said you, you know you so, saw it. it; it hammered it, but it uh, it, just, it broke the blades, and you know it is what it is. But the other one, the other two that I have. Um, let's see here. I got the. The other two that I've got um, are the Day Six and the Iron Will, and they're very similar uh, in design. This is, if y'all can see that, that is the um, the Day Six with the bleeders. And by the way, all of mine are 100 grain uh, broadheads. I'm sorry, that's this is the Iron Will, and the Day Six one is very similar in design. So as the bleeders, uh, they're, they're not single beveled. Both of mine are double bevel. Uh, I have not shot any single beveled broadheads yet. Uh, but I've talked to some guys that, that do shoot those. Um, and if you watch some of the, the videos, um, kind of going back to, you know, ranch ferry, that penetration uh, on bone is is pretty substantial and so i will probably get some of those and and try those as well i don't know if i'll use them this fall uh during elk season or not um but i but i am gonna eventually pick some of those up because uh, i would like to to see that because again this stuff that's on YouTube and, and the impact they have on bone and breaking through bone is, is, is pretty solid. 
Um, have you had any any experience with single beveled broadheads at all? Have you tested any of that stuff? Yeah, so like I say, these uh, crafted archery arrow one, they've got a, a single bevel all the way around here. This is one that I've gotten pretty chewed up. I shot this uh, through the pig, and I shot it in targets, and I shot it through a cow bone that I had, a cow rib bone that I bought at the store. And you can see it's it's a little worse for wear. It's got a little chip in it right there, or a rolled edge. Um, but uh, overall, this thing is still in really good shape, and I think with a little bit of work, I could easily uh make it out i would just have to make sure or, or clean it up and everything but i just have to make sure that it's still the right weight whenever i do that mm -hmm. but uh these have been amazing broadheads and cutting diameter and everything uh but these are uh really good they have they're super sharp uh, even out of the package i always still take even some of the best broadheads i'll take them and i'll run them over a uh you know piece of sandpaper or something to kind of make sure that they're really just you know razor blade sharp but uh, those have been really great. And that was the one which, um, you know, still uh, almost a year later working on getting the footage together for to post a video. But uh, those are the ones where I shot it. It actually came through a pig skull oh, yeah, you know, yeah. the rear yeah. behind the ribs and came right out the front mm -hmm. of the head. So, uh, yeah, that was yeah. Th those are amazing single bevel broadheads. Um, I tried to see too. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, you kind of bounced off for a second with technical difficulties. Um, if you wouldn't mind throwing in also, I was just telling the telling the guys uh, and ladies, if they're watching, um, that all of my broadheads are 100 grain. I've not kind of gone out of that. Uh, you know, my Cirrus uh, Apollos shot best um, with 125 grain, but I've not I've not tinkered to my broadheads have been pretty true to always staying at 100 have you have you played with any years are you pretty much a specific grain guy so yeah actually the uh these right here the rages these are a hundred grain uh the uh spitfire the nap spitfire double cross are 100 grain uh but Pretty much, uh, actually, actually, the muzzies I had were 100 grain as well. But then whenever I went to the uh, the shuttle T-lock from uh, Trophy Taker, that's whenever I switched to 125 grain. At the same time, I bought these right here. Um, these are the ooh, Trophy Taker ATAC. These are the ones, I actually, I just took that goat with, um, mm. which, guys, you'll be seeing more video about that coming soon. Uh, but yeah, basically, uh, when I switched to these, that's whenever I started going with 125 grain. And I've kind of just, from this point on, kind of just gone with that. Because I feel like putting the weight at the tip, I think it makes, you know, increases your FOC even more, you know, because that's like the furthest point uh, out, of the, out of the arrow there. So it's like if you put more weight there that you can actually don't have to worry about buying real heavy inserts, even though I do by heavy insert but then i also put more <laughs> tip weight up front i think for me 125 grains was kind of like the limit that i wanted to go because the higher you go in weight of broadhead the smaller your options are you know yeah um i think 125 grains are kind of a happy medium there yeah you know and it, speaking of that too um i had a couple questions uh on on the go hunt app if nobody's on that you need to jump on it it's like facebook for hunters it's a great platform to 
a know people show off your your trophies and get some good good feedback so one thing i was going to ask you about because i know you have a lot more experience in this than i do um one of the guys on there was talking about his fletchings and i i typically will run depending on where i'm at if it's if i know it's gonna be more windy i'm probably gonna do a three fletch um if it's relatively calm uh, i run a four but i don't necessarily have a preference one over the other my triax with my arrow setup the four fletch it just seems to like it better um and mm -hmm. i kind of told him a little bit about the easy veins and i went and ordered some i'm still waiting for them to, to come in because i really want to try some of those after you kind of showed me that how you can change your offset and your helical um you know could you kind of touch base a little bit on that too because I, I think that that was like really good information um that people probably don't know about, you know, before you start gluing stuff on, you could just, yeah. So, play. Yeah. So I did a, a video about this a little while back. I was kind of doing a lot of research on it myself too, because I always want to find the best thing or the, you know, the best way to do something on my gear, you know, and uh, that was one thing I was looking into in the fletches, you know, and there's a lot of it that's kind of like just based in like theory and like, well, you know, you know, I've seen this and I've seen that. And so I, I kind of have to, you know, bundle those two things together and kind of like think about the theory and the practical application of what I've seen. And for me, can pretty consistently, um, the four fletch seemed to work a little bit better for me whenever it comes to fletching my arrows. Uh, I like personally a much lower profile, longer uh, four fletch. And um, I think you can, with the longer, um, vein you can actually get a much uh, more effective uh helical on the arrow there because you can make that longer uh and then whenever you get it lower profile i think it's a little bit less affected by sidewind because you think on the whenever mm -hmm. you're talking about a sidewind you're really just looking at the profile of the vein you know how high does it stick up and things like that with a three fletch as it rotates again i did a really great video about this uh wish i could put it on right now but with the three fletch, basically there's a little bit of a point where as it rotates, where it's a little bit shorter and then it gets a little bit taller again. So it's kind of like going, growing and shrinking in size from that profile. And uh, so I feel like for me, for like wind drift, whatever the, uh, you create kind of an oscillation like that. I feel like it's going to create a little bit more erratic flight of the arrow versus whenever you have a four fletch, no matter how you rotate it, it's going to be the same height in that profile all the time. So I had a chance to test this out a little bit. I was at, uh, you know, my dad's ranch where we went out there uh, hunting for uh, spike bucks. <laughs> and uh, the, uh, there was about control. a 30 mile. It gets really windy. That's it. Yeah, there you go. Uh, he, he looked like a doe, man. He did look uh, like a doe. <laughs> it's in transition. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay it's all fair game still yeah right <laughs> but uh anyway so they the uh yeah the wind out there gets like really crazy sometimes in the open flat area at the bottom of the hill and it was about a 30 mile an hour wind and i was shooting 45 yards from like the porch of the house there uh off to this tree where i set up the target and everything uh i shot my arrow and it, i swear i got it on camera but it was basically the arrow was kicked at about a 45 degree angle as it flew towards the target and it still hit the target you know because that strong crosswind but it, it still hit the target 
and then it went into the target about six inches even though it was flying at that angle but what was really awesome about it and i don't know if this is exactly a function of the veins or if it's a function of the weight of the broadhead the foc i think it's a little bit of both but this is really where uh, foc comes into uh, importance is that broad or sorry that arrow with the field tip it still hit exactly where i was aiming even though the arrow was flying sideways down there because of that strong crosswind and i think it was partially due because that heavy front of center there that it's actually guiding the rest of the arrow and then the veins are just kind of creating the drag that's stabilizing it so i don't know for sure but like i said i feel like in that situation any variation like having a three fletch where it's going to be you know a little bit taller and a little bit shorter as it rotates i feel like it would have kind of created kind of a cyclical motion of it Mm -hmm. which would kind of make the broad or sorry the tip of the arrow steer a little bit more off target because you can't turn one end of it without really severely affecting the front of it so if it's constantly doing this then the front of your arrow is going to be doing this a little kind of a circular motion a little bit more as well i don't know but yeah yeah, that's why that's one of the reasons i love a four fletch i think it just flies better um it doesn't have a whole or or you can like i said get it in different helicals to change how much influence it has on the arrow but uh, that's kind of what i've been doing and like i said with the easy veins i've just loved it because i can tinker to my heart's content i don't have to sit there and I can literally just want testing it. I can slide it on there, shoot a few times. I'm like, oh, let's see, that'll work pretty good. Let me try a different one. Go slide a new set of fletchings on there or a different helical and then shoot that. And then whenever I finally find the one that I like, then I can slide it on there with just a little tiny bit of glue. I don't have to glue the whole vein on there. A little tiny bit of glue and then it's good to go, you know. So I've been so excited about those things because it allows me to tinker to my heart's content with the, the fletchings and the steering of the arrow. Well, and I think too, one of the other things that that was, was neat was there was enough, it seemed to be enough play that you, you don't have to necessarily change the whole thing out. You can almost rotate it to give it a different helical before you finally finish it. And so this is, yeah, that's something I've actually been meaning to talk to uh, Brandon, one of the owners of Easy Veins about, because it's something I kind of just figured out on accident. So my original arrows were a 300 spine uh victory vat tko and then i ended up changing over to a 235 spine whenever i got this 85 pound bow uh and whenever i did that it's got a different outside diameter because it's a different you know thickness of uh, arrow shaft there so whenever i slid the uh veins i accidentally ordered the 300s and then after i'd already ordered sorry i'd ordered the veins for the 300s and then whenever i decided to make that change. I didn't order any new veins. So I was like, let me just see if they fit. And sure enough, they fit, but it's a real tight fit. And so what it allows me to do is I can twist the vein on there and I can actually kind of create a variable helical mm-hmm. on that. And um, that way I can kind of tune it. I can put it like, you know, a straight, shoot it, see how it flies. Next one, I can tune it at about three degrees, shoot it, go over to like all the way to like a six degree, shoot it and see what I like best. And Again, once I get it and the way I like it, I can just put a little bit. Yeah, and that's what I was um, what I was trying to convey uh, on Go Hunt was to to get uh, order some of those, um, and it just gives you the ability to play with it. And then if you decide to to go ahead with normal veins, you can throw your wrap on, and then use your Arizona Fletch or your Tough Goat or goat tough, uh, fletching device. Um, and then, you know, go with more of a, a permanent 
situation if that's the way you wanted to to roll with it. So, um, sorry about and, all the and, connection issues, guys. I'm like we're like trying to run this. Uh, I don't know what's going on with the hotel Wi-Fi here, but it's awful. <laughs> <laughs> it happens, you know what? And that's what's cool thing about having a, the live show, man. You know, you just got to kind of roll with it. There you go, man. Um, F it, we'll do it live. Real exactly. quick, I want to run through a couple of these comments here. Yeah. The uh, let's see. Uh, what's up, WC? Garner said, "What's up?" Uh, let's see. Let's see. I like uh, Dan. Let's see, the Oki Sooner said, uh, "I like running the Blackout Hunter X3 300 spine with a 30, 31 inch gold tip, 100 grain brass insert, 100 grain weight, five grain broadheads." Yeah, well, it drops whitetail and hogs, but he says, I don't shoot over 50 yards. So, yeah, I mean, that's seems like you have a pretty uh, nice 31 inch, too. That's a long, yeah. long arrow, man. But uh, yeah, that'll drop them quick, dude. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. No kidding. It, that's it. I'll it, uh, see WC Garner. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I'm. Yeah, I think when you're reading those, I think one of the things a lot of people are talking about is they get kind of wound up in in speed and airway and and all that. And, and I think I, I'm kind of a middle of the road when it comes to that kind of stuff. Like, would I want something a little bit faster? Yeah, you know. But, you know, like we talked about before, I'm limited by my my draw. I mean, it is what it is. And my bow poundage, it is what it is. So I think I've I've just kind of narrowed it down to where, I, I want to find that perfect, that perfect setup for me that I've get the best, con, most consistent trajectory every time, and then let let the speed and all the other stuff kind of fall, you know, by the wayside, you know, um, and and that's that's kind of where I'm where I'm at um, in in my archery journey, if you want to. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, like I said, I, I feel kind of the same way. It's like it's kind of been weird for me. Uh, like I said, getting this bow that shoots at 85 pounds now, it's like I hadn't run it through the chrono yet because I'm trying, still trying to figure out which arrow I want to use. But uh, it's been kind of weird because it's like I've kind of redefined that whole balance in, in my head. Because I mean, at 85 pounds, if I could get an arrow that's 350 grains, I mean, I could, I feel like I could shoot that at almost anything, and it's got mm -hmm. so much velocity you know, that it's going to have more kinetic energy. I mean, I still want something that's not going to just bleed off arrow speed because it's so light, you know, at a further distance. And so contrary to what a lot of people think, instead of going with a uh, lighter arrow, arrow for, for shooting further distances for hunting, uh, you'd almost want to go with a heavier arrow, right? Because then it'll keep that momentum over long mm -hmm. distances where it won't lose as much speed. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's kind of a weird dynamic now because I'm like I can kind of shoot just about anything nowadays. But do I still stick with a heavy arrow or do I, you know, just go with the overkill and get like a 550, 600 grain arrow and uh, launch it at you know 330 feet or 320 feet per second, or do I slow it down and go with something that's uh, you know 400 grain, 450 grains, and uh, you know make it go even faster. I don't know. I'm just, I don't know where to go with that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That, I don't, I, you know, I, it's one of those, I don't know that there's a right answer to some of that stuff. You know, what, what's that sweet, that sweet spot is what 480, I think, I think, you know, and, and one, you know, 
what is it greater than 15 FOC or whatever it is up front. And, yeah. you know, again, it, it's, it, it's, it's kind of like, again, we you're talking to other people. I'm like, you just got to find out what your bow likes and, and, and it is what it is. And the other thing I thought was, it's a big deal is I also kind of go into it thinking, do I even worry about going with 75 pounds, 80 pound draw? Right. I don't know. I mean, I think mm-hmm. for me, you know, I want to know that when it's time to take that animal that I can draw and hold for however many minutes it may take, hopefully not minutes, but in that situation, I can hold it, mm-hmm. be comfortable, whether I'm cold, exhausted, you know, whatever elements are thrown at me and I don't have to worry about it. And I think, you know, you start getting 80 pounds, you know, like you're saying 80, 85 pounds for me, you know, it's going to be, if I'm pulling it, I'm launching it. Cause I'm not gonna be able to hold it, <laughs> you know, for, for as yeah. the animals moving around or, yeah. or what's, whatever's going on. And so I think that that's kind of where I'm coming from with my setup is I want to know I can do everything for a longer period of time and have perfect trajectory when it's time to, when it's go time. Yeah, that's a good point. And like I say, the uh, with with the bow I got, I was like, you know, one thing I've noticed with my old bow is set to seventy pounds. There was like, I think it was like seventy two, uh, with the how it was tuned and everything. Um, but I noticed it had a, I think it had an eighty five percent let off. And for me, that was like that was just way too much because once I got to full draw and everything back there. Um, I noticed I wasn't nearly as stable with the bow. And so it's like, I, I tested it out before it at 80% let off and it felt better. And actually at one point in time, I had something wrong. I'd gone to a bow shop and something was set wrong on one of my cams. And so I had like a 60% let off, but I remember I was like, you know, I would get tired a lot quicker with that because it was like, I was holding, you know, so much more weight, but I noticed way, I was way more stable with it. So whenever I was actually aiming, my pin was like not going anywhere. And mm. uh, it was actually pretty, pretty awesome, you know. So whenever I built this bow, that was one thing I was considering. I was like, do I do 85% let off or do I do um, 80% let off? So those are the two options. And I ended up going with 80 because I feel like, you know, I, I like that heavier holding weight. And I think that's another thing to look at too is if you can make it through that draw cycle at like an 80-pound bow, you're still, you know, whenever you come to the hold, you're only holding like, you know, 20 pounds or, so, or not even 20 pounds, like 15 mm-hmm. pounds, 18 pounds, something like that, depending on if you go 85% or 80% let off. So, but like I said, and this, the way that bows are made nowadays, like I think uh, some of these newer bows, like this, this past year, the 2022 bows, like they draw so smooth, like all the guys were shocked. They didn't believe it whenever we put a, my bow on there and it came out 85 pounds because it's supposed to be just 80, but the way it's tuned up is 85. And uh, everybody was really shocked that it came out because like, it doesn't, they drew it back and shot it. Like, that doesn't, there's no way that's 85 pounds. It wow. just doesn't feel like it. it wow. So that's, that's what you want, right? Is I, I think, because I think whenever you go up in the weight like that, you go up in speed, you go up in momentum and you just become more lethal. Uh, but then again, you can be plenty lethal at a 20 inch draw and or mm-hmm. sorry, 28 inch draw. Uh, if you're using like a 550 or 600 grain arrow, you know, again, you yeah. just kind of have to limit your distance there. And that was kind of just, what I was thinking about, I was like, I like using the heavy arrows cause I like to be sure that if I hit a shoulder or something, I don't want to just like 
stick in it like a dart in a dartboard. I want to break that shoulder and go through it and hit all the organs behind it. You know, and it's probably yeah. a little overkill for, especially for what a lot of I, or a lot of what I hunt, but you know, uh, I'd rather have overkill than underkill. So I, I agree. And, and, you know, I'm not opposed to tracking, but if I can track them less far, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> so, um, Absolutely. You know, I, I'm, I'm into that, you know, and, and the other thing, you know, kind of talking about the, the draw weight, you know, people need to realize is that once you get past that valley, when you're talking about 80, 85%, 90% let off, the, if you can go with a lesser let off, that also will help your bow speed. Cause it's, it's not, it's not using that energy to get past that and, and let that go. So it's kind of a thought to ponder, you know, if you can, if you can do it at 80, do it at 80, right. Don't, don't just go yeah. 90 just because it's easier to hold that you're, you're going to lose a little bit of speed with that. If you're worried about that portion of it. So. Yeah. Uh, Dan, the, uh, Okie Sunum comment, he said, uh, what would you recommend, recommend feathers for fletching? Maybe quiet down the arrow a little, are you saying, would you recommend feathers to uh, make it quieter? I'm guessing or flat feathers or fletching. Uh, yes, there's actually still a lot of guys that use feathers out there. Those are kind of the uh, guys that have been, I guess, they'll put a nice in the long term. Uh, I still know several guys that uh, do feathers on their, uh, even shooting a compound bow. Um, mm -hmm. Feathers have some distinct advantages, but they do have some disadvantages too, I think. I correct me if I'm wrong. I'm not an expert on this, but like I said, I think they are a little bit louder at times because there's a bunch of individual pieces of that feather and it can catch more wind. Um, the wind can kind of pass through them a little bit too, which can cause some kind of uh, kind of whooshing sound there. The great thing about feathers, though, is that they slick back real easy and they're pretty durable for the most part. Um, if it has to go backwards through a target, you know, you're never going to, you instantly got to replace those. There's no way they're surviving it. But if they get a complete pass through on an animal, there is a chance that they could survive that. But I think that's the biggest point of with feathers, I think is the weakest point is just, they're not very durable. Uh, you will be replacing them quite a bit. And that's where uh, fletchings have come in and they've kind of done the same job that feathers have done, but they do it and they can, you know, bounce back. Like the easy veins when I first tested some those, the first generation, I shot it through a target 12 times and they still looked almost brand new whenever I pulled them out of the target on that 12th shot. So, uh, have you ever shot anything with feathers? Even like, have you done any trad shooting thing? Uh, I haven't, uh, um, I want to, um, but I have not, you know, uh, yeah. the guys at the archery challenge. I've got a trad bow, but it's only like 30 pounds, you know? So it's, uh, I think it'd be fun to do just, at some point, I, I I will I will try it for sure. I just I just haven't taken that that step yet. Um, but yeah. when you brought the the point about the the sound, um, that again is a is kind of a personal choice. I choose not to shoot vented broadheads for that very reason because of the sound. I like yeah. I prefer a solid, you know, broadhead. Mm -hmm. um, especially yeah, when I you're trying to uh... shoot. You know, axis deer—they're—they're yeah. they're so skittish anyway that you know they hear us come in, dude. They're—they're—they're they're, they're done. You know, they're yeah. out of there. They're done. So, <laughs> yeah, they're gone before you really don't, don't, Yeah, you don't get too many chances to get too close to them either. So you know, you need to send no. it a little more than you know, yeah. fifteen yards away most of the time. <laughs> yeah, and aim so, lower and, than what you think. <laughs> 
because they will they will so i had an interesting story with that is i was shooting uh 420 grain um victory vaps i think it was literally i think this is in 2018 i think it was like after right before or right after one of the very first videos i did on this channel and um i was shooting those and they were light i think they're like 420 grains i was shooting them out of a 70 pound bow i had the uh i think i was shooting the muzzies that season the uh mx3s but um yeah i shot at this deer as a whitetail central texas whitetail and they're like skittish and they fly like rabbits man but i shot and i swear to god i saw this deer at at 29 or 32 yards i can't remember which one it was when i took the shot but I saw the deer literally completely hit the ground with dust flew up and it went, the arrow went right over its back. I mean, if it mm -hmm. would have gone straight there and the deer wouldn't have moved, it would have been like right in the heart, right in the boiler. But no, it, it dropped and it was complete at 30 yards was able to duck underneath an arrow. So there's something to be said about speed of an arrow as well. You know, it's like the, the weight is great compensating yeah. for the, the drop, you know, but yeah, there is something to be said about speed for, for a good part of it. Yeah, and I, I, I think oh. losing signal here. So let's see real quick and say, what's up? Uh, Beyond the wood with Ben. What's up? uh let's see dan hydroperoxide a spray bottle helps fill in smaller blood drops foams up that's good advice man yeah no problem bud looks like dean lost dean there yeah it's been a struggle with the uh terrible internet sorry guys but uh so yeah, real quick, I'll just kind of run you guys that are still here through uh, my process or that I've gone through. Again, I started early on. I started shooting with the uh, Rage broadheads here. Again, I got these as 100 grain. Um, so I started with these. I shot it maybe once or twice. Uh, didn't have any trouble with whitetails or anything like that. But again, like I said, these flimsy little blades on there uh, really what worried me more than anything. Then I got, like, say, up to these here. The blade's a little bit thicker there. Not a whole lot, but about twice the thickness. So, uh, like I said, these are the Nap Spitfire Double Cross. These are really good. Lots of blood trails on there. So, um, these things are really mean, but been uh, they've been really good. And uh, there we go. We got Dean back now. Oh man, we're just having all kinds of issues here, man. We need a real studio with some some real Wi-Fi, right? something going on. Dude, I need. I, uh, I know I'm not even that far out here, and I'm like, man, I don't know what's going on with this internet, dude. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I was just running back through real quick while I was waiting on you in the middle. You dropped in the middle of the sentence, but uh, real quick, I was just gonna go finish going through this. But yeah. um, after I shot those uh, those there, I got the slick tricks, and then I went to the Muzzy MX3 the trophy takers i was showing off atac and the shuttle t-lock and uh then now like i say the last couple times i've gone out i've shot the crafted archery arrow one but anyways i'm just going back through the list of all the other broadheads i've shot over the different seasons and stuff over time 
Uh, you know, other thing I want to mention before we before we stop this, um, just to let everybody know if they haven't already, um, Cirrus Archery. If you're not sure what grain weight or what your arrow likes, it's a great investment. It's it's not expensive. I can't remember the actual cost, but they'll send you um, uh, an assortment of broadhead um, uh, field tips, anywhere from field 100 points. field points, yeah, from like 100 to 200 grains, I think. Uh, and you can pop those dudes in and uh, and then fire them into some targets and figure out which again like i've said four or five times find out what your arrow and your bow likes um so that's a kind of a cheap way to figure it out before you go dump a bunch of money in different grain broadheads and you, you, your bone may not like them or your yep. arrow setup may not like them but um great investment um and then if you want once you find out what that is then you can go back on and buy their you know full set of of uh, i think it comes with 12 of whatever grain weight you want and use them as your as your field points so it's a good investment does, in my does humble opinion. make their field tips yeah yeah and then yeah. you can i mean if you want to want to stay with them and these are the ones i use right here though yeah this is the one you gave me that back in the day that massive 200 grain there yeah yep yeah, because I misordered those and I got a whole 24, 200 grains. I picked the wrong box. <laughs> so, yeah. so just for that. comparison, yeah, those things are nice. This right here is my 100, 125 grain one that I usually use. And this is that 200 grain, man. Thing's a absolute beast. <laughs> yeah, they're a beast. And I think Iron Will, Iron Will has um, a similar product as well. They're more of a, a ball tip so they're easier to to pull out um and oh, i'll yeah. be reinvesting in in new targets since a buddy of mine said that foam is better than bags so i'll have to get get rid of my bag targets <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah funny story so with my arrows I, i've been testing a bunch of different types of pot melt and so we uh went out to uh dean dean's house there and he has a bunch of bag targets set up it's actually a really cool little range set up with bag targets at different uh distances and uh we were shooting out there and i lost uh two of my inserts uh <laughs> getting stuck in the bag target and trying to rip them out of there and then the, the insert came out of there and i was like oh god it was just a it's just a mess i go back and forth between hot melt and uh using the glue though because i'm, I'm just I'm worried with the glue that I'll damage my arrow shaft. And then it's like, I can't tune it once I put it in there. It's like, you have to do all the tuning with it. Anyways, you know, um, that's the, it, the balancing act. You know. Yeah. You know, they have uh, the, the Eastern arrows that came out, their insert has got a locking screw in it. And that's pretty, that's pretty mm -hmm. interesting. You know, you, you put your insert in, it's a insert outsert deal and you put your insert mm -hmm. in and then you, yeah. you, 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 you put your locking screw in, then you put your broadhead in, but then you can spin your broadhead. And if you need to change it, you just unscrew the broadhead, you know, turn your insert and then yeah. re-engage your locking screw, which I is kind of uh, interesting. I saw a VIP archery came out with those two. Or it's yeah. a, basically what it's like grips the inside of the mm -hmm. uh, shaft. And you, when you tighten it in there, it kind of just pushes out against it and holds it. In yeah. Place. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And they said that, that 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 what they do is they suggest having your your bleeders, really, I guess your entire broadhead, 
to be um, the same as your fletchings, that they found that it flies better, right? So if you got a four fletch, make sure mm -hmm. that your broadheads and your bleeders match up with your fletchings. And so that was another reason why they liked that interlocking system because you can turn your broadhead according so everything is uniform down the down the whole arrow. Which I thought that was kind of cool. And um, yeah. so I may try a couple of those, but I'm definitely going to try the new Cirrus Orions uh, as well. They got a four millimeter uh, arrow out now too. So I want to try that. Oh yeah. Oh, I almost bought some of those Orions the, recently, man. They're like, they look good. I, I want to try those mm -hmm. kind of all at the same time. I was looking at, you know, the Orions. I was looking at uh, crafted archery who, like I said, makes these, uh, the broadheads, they, make an arrow and shaft now too it's nothing fancy it's just a carbon shaft but you know like just like a lot of people that are preaching the you know the 0 .001 uh, mm -hmm. straightness on them so that's good and then the arrowed arwd arrows too i was looking at those as well but uh yeah i mean there's so many good arrows out there and like I say it's it's hard to hard to get in there and test them all um but uh, yeah, were you saying right now i'm sticking with you were saying too the other thing, uh, Lancaster archery. You can you can get yes. different of uh, 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 hodgepodge of arrows to try. Yeah, so that's honestly, if you're doing all this testing yourself, that's probably one of the best ways to do it. Is you can go to Lancaster Archery, and uh, you can actually get them, or you can order a single arrow of every type that they carry. At least you know they don't carry uh, everything out there. But they'll basically you can buy like a single arrow cut to what you want and they'll already insert the insert for you and everything or you can get it without mm. the insert already glued in um but yeah so that's really cool service and it's a great way to test out like five or six different arrow brands at one time without really just breaking the bank you know you're gonna pay more you know for that one arrow obviously than you would for you know buying like or if you bought like a six or a dozen of those arrows individually, or sorry, with, with a bunch, you know, you're going to pay more individually, but it's a great way to figure out which ones you like and why, and yeah. do some durability testing and stuff. I did yeah. that for like the very first video or one of the first videos I did for this channel where I was testing some arrows, uh, or no, I think it was actually whenever I tested the, uh, victory extortion arrows, I had a whole quiver full of arrows that I tested and I showed that in the video. And you do you use collars or are your you do a, a insert outsert type setup on your arrows? Yeah, so I, I usually use the uh, the insert with a collar. That's a two piece insert outsert system, you know. Mm -hmm. So uh, I use the Ethics Archery right now. Anyways, like I said, I'm I'm always testing new stuff, but right now I'm using the Ethics Archery inserts with the collar. Um, I prefer the one that they've got where it's a uh, aluminum insert and a stainless steel outsert because mm -hmm. it makes it easier. I did a video on this too about polishing the tips of them so they just like glide through everything. Uh, but I like doing that to those. And uh, I feel like with the collar, the outside part being more durable on the, the stainless steel version. Uh, so I, I usually like to get those. But mm -hmm. uh, right now on my 235 spine VAP TKOs, I've got the... Um, aluminum outsert and the stainless steel insert which i feel like the other go doing that the other way around is more effective but you know that's that's what i've got on my day six as well so uh and then the, the ethics is just the insert insert outsert 
one of my Apollos. Yeah. And those things are, I mean, that, that, that combo, man, really makes that arrow tough as shit, man. I mean, it, it, it's hard to, it's hard to break one of them dudes, man, you know, which is nice. <laughs> this is really nice. Yeah. So, so I was tuning my bow one time and I accidentally, uh, I, I moved my, uh, knocking point. I was trying to test stuff out and I forgot to adjust my aiming point after I moved my knocking point and I ended up just drilling my toolbox with one of those, <laughs> uh, arrows. And, uh, I swear it punched through the steel though. And on the other side, everything's fine. I was like, I was like, okay, I just like, oh, slid it back out, and then it was, it was, it had deformed the steel enough that I couldn't get it, just pull it back out. So again, thankfully, this is why I use hot melt. I was able to put a lighter on it, and then just pull the insert out, pull the arrow out the other side, and then put them back together with the hot melt. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, there's something to it, man. There's something to it. I think we've all. Yeah, the uh, uh, buddy Chris just did something similar, and. Uh, yeah, I was like, yeah they, too happy about that. Apparently, it goes through tile too. <laughs> if you're trying to uh, see if your bow tuning, uh, maybe have somebody else watch you do it, not do it in the bathroom mirror. <laughs> so we got to have him on. He's got to tell that story live because that is some funny stuff, man. <laughs> yeah, I'll make that the uh, thumbnail. Or whenever he comes on, is the hole that was in the bathroom. <laughs> A hundred percent. You got to, got to. Uh, is there anybody else chiming in? Any other questions we can answer for anybody out there? We've been kind of rambling on. Uh, here, that's a, somebody said v, VPA has one that grips inside. I don't know who VPA is. I know it's v, VIP is one of them. They make uh, some broadheads and stuff too. It's probably it might be another company that does it out there. Unlike uh, you know the Bomar archery, apparently that's not something that everybody decides to patent on. So, but, <laughs> yeah, uh, right. <laughs> Unless it's a little guy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. Get him! Get him! Oh, <laughs> yeah, right. Jesus, okay. get some. Oh, yeah, they, they, they need to get outside more, man. So, this is they're worried about. Oh, unbelievable. I right, man, you know the thing that bugs me about that is like. You know, say what you will about Josh Bomar and Sarah Bomar, you know, and the they've just kind of been surrounded by controversy with like the Under Armour thing where she lost her Under Armour sponsorship. And, it, you know, they're like illegally baiting bears, I think is what one person said. Then there was the, you know, illegal baiting. And then there was a poaching incident with the Bomars. And then, you know, like for there's, I think there was some other stuff. But then now here they are punching down a little guy and, I mean, listen, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt because apparently in U.S. patent law, if you don't enforce a patent that you've got, then you can actually lose it or it'll be considered mm. like null and void. Um, but I mean, for something like a nose button, like, do you really think you needed to patent that? I mean, the, the idea of getting a patent on something like that is really, I would think, just to keep other people out of the market. So then you can be like, it's because it's so simple. And yeah. people have been doing this for decades with pieces of string and like little brass uh, you know, knocking points on mm -hmm. there to touch their nose and a bunch of different other things, you know. And uh, I mean, like I say, I saw the Bomar Archery nose button. I tested it and I was like, look, this is a pretty cool idea and everything. But I was like, it needs a lot of work because, man, it was like rubbing the tip of my nose and it like it would slide on my string. I was like, this thing needs some work. And so that's what I tried to do is set out and kind of make something that was uh, a competitor to it, you know, but more so just made improvements on it, you know. And it's really originally I just made it for myself. 
that I made a video about it. And a lot of people are saying like, dude, I would buy that. Like, let me buy some, let me buy some. So I'm like, oh, okay, you know, fine. I'll sell them online. So made a little website, started selling them online. And then here we go. About a year later, I said, you know, I get this letter in the mail. So cease and desist because you're infringing upon this copyright. And, uh, you know, it was just kind of wild for me. I was like, oh, wow. Okay. Like, so right now, just an update to everybody. Like I say, the nose buttons are off the site. The site is back up online. So if you want to support the channel, go buy some of the uh, anchor rings. Go look at those four or five videos. Um, and uh, I got some cameras and GoPro camera mounts. So if you're going to go out to Total Archery Challenge, I made some magnetic GoPro mounts. And as far as I know yet, none of that stuff's been uh, patented. You know, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Get another lawsuit from somebody. <laughs> so. right. Is GoPro listening? Just just last comment. Just like, okay, like, <laughs> I, yeah. Yeah, my point at this point, like, I haven't made any real money on them. Like, it's kind of been, when you talk about the 3D printers and the resin and all this stuff, I've kind of broke even on it, more or less. I haven't made any money on it. So it's not like they can sue me for a whole bunch of money and stuff. You know, that's, I guess, the bright side of it. But, you know, it is what it is. What are you gonna, it is what it is, man. What are you going to do? You know, what are you going to do? I, I'd like, you know, that'd be awesome. I'd like to have Josh Bomer on the, on the, on the chat here and, you know, say, Hey, what's up, man. <laughs> we should reach out to him and I'll, I'll, uh, I'll reach out to him and invite him on to be a big, and be a guest. It'd be, it'd be fun. You know, no animosity, you know, just yeah. come on and yeah. shoot the shit for a little bit. Yeah. No, no, man. Yeah, man. Yeah. It's man. all good. No, yeah. no, I, I probably would better let this, uh, figure out what's going on with this lawsuit first or, or it's not a lawsuit yet. Technically it was a season desist. So yeah, I'll cease yeah. and I'll desist at least for yeah. a minute. Until I can prove somehow or another, I got. I'm in touch with a, a patent lawyer, just getting some free advice to see, uh, you know, if I have any, you know, room to do anything about it, or if I should just drop it. Um, so far, it looks like it's just going to be like a just drop it, stop making them, move on kind of thing. Maybe try again in a few years or something. I don't know. Gotcha. Or either that, or one guy suggested just don't call it a nose button, call it a what do you call it a so oh, a some kind a of weird booger, technical thing that didn't mean booger picker nose button but didn't say yeah. nose button <laughs> it's a booger picker archery booger picker man yeah there you go <laughs> <laughs> call, it, call it a booger button <laughs> a booger button yeah <laughs> oh it's funny shit man good stuff oh man well all right, right on, it's man. been a been a blast man uh everybody thanks for ch chatting in over here in the chat like i said good to hear you guys uh chiming in and seeing what you think and uh we're having fun doing this it's a great way to bring you guys some content some video stuff and just have a chat you know whenever uh we're on the road or i'm on the road here traveling for work so i hadn't been able to have time to really go through and edit videos and do all this stuff and i'll probably be that way for a few more weeks and then i'm going to take some vacation time i got some time this weekend where i might have a little bit of time to edit some videos and stuff so we'll see more coming pretty soon stay tuned and again, like I say, this is a kind of an official, unofficial sponsor of this video, Tooth of the Arrow. They are going to be, we're going to be testing their broadheads here coming soon. They sent these to me as a test pack to test out. And I'm actually really excited about them because I've heard a lot of good things. They fly really well. And I think, I think Dan from Elk Shape just got his test pack too, because he just like literally as soon as mine arrived in the mail, he was putting a video out about them. So yeah. anyways, so once you put we'll be that testing up, guys, he did a different one. I think he did the vintage yeah. one. And if you guys are interested and you're on Go Wild, um, you can look at that and there's a discount um, code 
uh, on Go Wild. Um, if you want to follow me on that, and uh, if you're interested, like I said, if you want to go buy you a set and try them out yourself. Yep. Go. Good cool. stuff, buddy. All right, guys. Well, thanks for tuning in. Yeah. Have a good one, Dean, and uh, everybody. Check you guys later. And as always, keep defying the odds. Peace.